0: Hey, it's Sandy Tarantino, and this is SEL Rockstars. Today, I'm talking to a third-year teacher at Woodfin Elementary School named Rebecca McDerris, and she has worked really hard to improve her classroom management. She's impressive, and she's transparent, and she makes herself really vulnerable in sharing her process on this podcast today. I appreciate her talking with me, and uh, we've got shout-outs to uh, an elementary school that let her come and visit. She'll talk about that. She'll talk about her partner and all the other resources that helped her get where she is. So let's get into it. So I am here with Rebecca McDerris. I just call you McDarris. What do other people call you?
1: About the same thing, but if I'm not at school, it's normally Becca. Becca. All right.
0: Well, I'm going to stick with (laughs) McDerris. That's what everybody (laughs) else at school calls you. Um, And I usually go by Tarantino. Um, So you are a second year teacher, third year, third year year teacher, third year teacher. Talk to me about what the last couple of years um, in the classroom were like for you.
1: It was a sink or swim. Um, And I definitely don't think it was the best teaching year I've had. It was definitely which I know a lot of teachers say it wasn't. But being a first year in a remote with all of it was scary. Um, And then my second year, it was my first time having kids in the room. I had 18 kiddos. Um, I was so excited. And one of the biggest things I remember was they don't learn from somebody they don't like. Mm. So I started off, I was like, I wasn't sure what I wanted my rules to be because I heard you want to give them ownership in their rules. And, um, I was like, I wasn't sure how I wanted everything to work because I wanted to see what the kids were like and all of that. And that's where I messed up. (laughs) We can have ownership in our rules while having the rules day one. So day one, I started out and I was scrambling to figure out how I wanted things to work. Um, so by November, I was their doormat.
0: Okay. Talk about how you knew you were a doormat.
1: What was your, what was your clue? They didn't listen to me. Not the single, single bit of anything. They didn't listen to me.
0: Let me ask you this. I see this sometimes where teachers will start giving directions and the kids are still talking and they continue Mm -hmm. to give the directions. Is that, that, does that ring a bell?
1: Oh yeah. Talking over me, um, flat out telling me no to doing things. Um, not even having the, and I, I knew it was bad when like my best student that was always trying to stay focused started following in those footsteps of just talking over me and stuff that, and then when I felt defeated every morning when I walked in and I had I like, I was so over it by November. Um, And I was told at like my halfway, whatever meeting that I had to get it together. That if I didn't get it together, they were the rest of the year was going to be horrible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I tried my best to get it together, but I'd already lost them too far, mm. it was too far gone for me to try and keep up. it um, must so have been it, hard
0: to come in every
1: day. It, I because I knew I'd come in and I'd just get frustrated and I'd be beat down, and um, I wasn't able to teach half the stuff I needed to because I had one kid over here crying. So I would, I just came in and just knew that from the moment the kids stepped into my room, it was, it was going to be an uphill battle until wow. they went home at
0: 2.30. Well, I can't tell you, um, I'm sure I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you what a difference it is coming into your room now. I came in um, to the building as the SEL coach, and I kind of asked about the teachers, like who were the teachers, and uh, Miss Robert's, was new to the building, too, and she just said, well, I think we've got, I think there's a new teacher down the hall over here. Why don't you stick your head in? And um, I think I might have, oh, no, I don't think you were here when I first started walking around the empty building, <laughs> uh, <laughs> getting lost in the empty building. But when I came into your room, maybe the second day of school, first or second mm-hmm. day of school, um, it was a really joyful place. It was at, I, I, thought, I saw a lot of great things going on. I saw a lot of structure. I saw um, everything really clearly organized and labeled. Um, The kids were listening to you. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge shift from what you're describing. What do you, what were the resources that you tapped into that summer? That's the first question.
1: Um, I spent all summer looking at the Wong classroom management book. Mm -hmm. I annotated that book like I was back in college um, I had post-it notes. I had highlighters. I had everything. Um, of course, I did his um, the first six weeks of school, mm-hmm. which I read my first two years teaching. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, there are still people who are veteran yeah, teachers I who mean, read those things read long every year. And so I marked his up a lot, and um, and then and all I see, I got on a Facebook first year teacher group, and I was like, I have no classroom management. What do I do? Brilliant and i had almost 400 teachers veteran teachers comment on it really they to do. and they told me um that yes they learn from people they like yeah but you can't be the person they like day one like you can be nice but that but this is my room this is my space and by the time December rolls are long. That's when it becomes our space with our rules. Mm-hmm. But when they walk in, they're looking for structure. They're looking for a routine. Um, and she said, don't, don't make it seem like you're scrambling. She's mm-hmm. like, have it ball in a folder, have all your stuff together. And so that was my hardest part was having to figure out that they, I'm not their friend day one. What I realized is like at recess, I still play with the kids at recess. And that's building a relationship. But that's unstructured recess. But when we come for math, that's got to be a little different. Right. But then at recess the day before, they remember us
0: playing those games. And so that helps build the relationship. It totally that. does. What you're ta- describing is the tight and the loose. Mm-hmm. You've got to know your places that things have to be tight and you have to know the places they can be loose. Yeah. All right. That's great. So I'm hearing the first one was structure. Um, yeah. talk, talk to me about like a couple structures you had to put in place that you realized weren't there. How to get
1: crayons? Oh my goodness! My second year, that was a disaster zone. So I bought one of those clear shelves from uh Michaels, and I labeled it red, orange, yellow. Green. Oh, that's
0: right. I've seen your crayon. I'm going to take a picture. That'll that'll be the cut the uh, picture for this podcast episode.
1: All the crayons. Yeah. And I was like, I have like, we got to work on it. And so I <laughs> cut out and I put little pictures for my. um emails and i put the words and everything and that has been a lifesaver yeah a a complete lifesaver now violet red and red are still the bane of my existence
0: all right well we all struggle (laughs) with violet red that's an ongoing issue but
1: it's it's been very nice and it's
0: that's one of like my favorite things that i picked up last year and i think when kids see something that's attractive and it's satisfying they kind of they take more pride in the room yeah um the kids love the room and and
1: what I've noticed the most is especially during like foundations
0: mm-hmm.
1: or math when they've got to have their foundations bag or they've got to have their math notebook
0: okay.
1: they know where it is, they know how to use it. It's not anything now that the first two weeks was hard, but it's not anything new now. Now they know that by this table, I go get my foundations bags, and then this is what I pull out, and this is what I do, Mm -hmm. and it just saves us so much time.
0: Oh, by the second week of school, I came in, I usually come in on Wednesdays, and I watch your kids first thing in the morning do their little procedure where they hang up their coat, they take out their notebook, they put it in the box, it's stacked a certain way, and they get their backpack hung up, and they go to their seat, and they start their morning work. They know Mm -hmm. exactly what the routine is
1: yep and last year I had kids rolling on the floor. I had kids um doing all sorts of it, and something I've recently released to these kids was instead of me asking them for their lunch choice, they move their name on the smart board of what they choose. Whereas when I did that with my kids last year, I had people drawing on the smart board. I had friends doing all sorts mm-hmm. of things, to it. so I can I can already tell that by starting off those first couple weeks with my expectations, it's already paying
0: off. Like Myself and Miss Rice don't have to sit on top of them. That's great. Yeah. They're, they're very self-regulated. Um, talk to me about follow through. My second year, I never followed
1: through ever. So I was like, I don't want them to be my friend. I don't want them to hate me. And so if it's like, look, if we can't get our writing done, then we're not going to be able to have choice time on the iPads at the last minutes. And I never followed through with it. I always put it on their iPads at the end of my second year because I was like, I am so done. Like I was so beat up. I was so drained. I was like, that's fine. As long as it's educational, that's fine. Yeah. Now if they lose choice time, they lose choice time. and We find something else to do, Mm -hmm. but also with, Hey, if we can get through foundations, I promise we're gonna have the best brain break ever. <laughs> and that's what we did today. Um, we got through foundations and we did a Pokemon brain break. And they were real excited. So it was learning to f- follow through on both the positive and the negative. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I, I'm, so I'm hearing tight and loose and mm-hmm. I'm hearing if then. Yeah. Which are pretty critical. All right, the next thing you talked about was planning. Okay. Okay. My first year, I was not the best planner
1: because it was all remote and I didn't know how to teach all remote with two classes and figured it out. And the county was so gracious to give us those lessons for like the first 9 weeks. Right. That saved me right. the first 9 weeks. But then it turned into um I'd spend my sec my second year, I'd spend the weekend planning. Come in early Monday morning, make all the copies, and then be ready for the week. Um, and then the weekend, I spent my whole week. So I had no time to recharge. It was always school. Mm. And this year, my me and my cohort over there, she teach, she plans math and what does she do. math and science. I do ELA and social studies and foundations. And so Thursdays, I she'll email me the plans she made. I'll email her the plans I made, and then we're done. And so we make the masters, hand them off to our team members, and they go make all the copies. And then when I leave at three thirty on Friday, I don't have to think about school till Monday. And it that has been a game changer. My husband even made a comment, yeah, that I'm more present at home.
0: I got to tell you, I did not learn that probably till year four. And it was an ultimatum from my husband because he, I, at the time you could get a key to the school and you could go in on weekends. And I was, go, I, you know, I was going in on weekends. Yeah, I, I, I was setting alarms off and using the die cuts, um, laminating mm-hmm. and the, that were, so I'm hearing the other things are time to recharge and working with your team. Yeah. Providing the labor.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's something that, um, my team member last year was new to Woodfin and new to a combo, mm-hmm. so I helped her as much as I could. But now that we're both even playing fields here, mm-hmm. we figured out like I am not good at planning math. I get too detailed. My lesson plans turn into ten pages. Just mm-hmm. when she does it, she hits the bullet points, and she's like, "You're good." And then I'm like, "Cool." Whereas I'm good at like wit and wisdom planning. Mm-hmm. So that's, nice. that's where
0: we've learned each other's strengths, which is. I tell you, if you've done that, you've done what a lot of le- veteran teachers won't do: is share and mm-hmm. collaborate. There's a lot of folks in silos out there, and they're—I think they can afford to um, do that because they have years and years of plans. Mm-hmm. But there's a cost to being in a silo, and so I'm hearing the fact that you have a, a partner—that's just—that's a little dopamine hit right there that you guys are. Um, Working together, sharing, and and, um, having each other's backs. Um, The next thing you wrote down was asking for help. Sort of like what you said, we're not silos.
1: Um, At the end of last year, I went to my principal and was like, I'm not strong in math, and I'm still not strong in math. I understood that. I see that. I hate math. But anyway, I still have to teach it. So I have to be excited about it. So I was like, hey, we're literally one grade level at this school like you know like i can't go watch kindergartens cause yeah
0: and for kids. people who don't know woodfin is a really tiny school there's what is it there's a kindergarten and then there's a k1 two kindergartens okay oh that's right first yeah one
1: first second okay second two third
0: uh no no it's a third, third and then a two and then a three four four then a four a four so it's like a class and a half of each grade level yeah um And she sent me to
1: Fairview Elementary, and I got to join a math, like, their whole morning, and I even got to join a PLC. There were, like, nine first grade teachers. That is a
0: huge, oh, could there be a more different school? I think they have gym teachers down there.
1: And they were, like, they were, she was, like, oh, here's this resource, so we can do that for math, and threw it out on the table, and somebody wrote, like, Monday on it, and put it in a pile. Mm. And then that's just what they, and then there, and then one assistant each because they PLC'd every day. Mm. Every day. Was, anyway, it wasn't always with the coach, but, like, they just, anyway. And each day, a assistant would come, and they would take all those, make all the copies, and hand them out to all the teachers. Wow. And so that was very, they did more than we did in 30 minutes than we do in, like, an hour. All right, I'm writing down. Fair, Fairview, I'm coming for you next. Understanding that asking for help doesn't show weakness it doesn't show inexperience um because that was my big thing is you know the only bt in the school mm-hmm. asking people for help and be like she can't do it she don't know what she's doing she can't do it so that was what i was scared of yeah here and i didn't want anybody to think i was unable to do it i've I'm had not-
0: to, i've had younger teachers i worked with said i, I feel bad i'm not bringing anything mm-hmm. and that's okay because i for sure was that teacher all of us were that teacher. Right. And all of us, if we're still here, all of us had somebody who helped us out.
1: Yeah. And that was one of my things. And um, my second year, my mentor gave me the
0: find your marigold. Yeah, I was just I was going to say that, but I guess everyone's saying that now all of us had marigolds. Can you I, I, I doubt there's an elementary teacher out there who hasn't heard this analogy this year. But can you explain it for people who haven't? a uh, marigold is
1: your person that brings light to the darkness and edu- or anywhere but right now in the classroom mm-hmm. so um, I, in education there's a lot of teachers don't get paid enough there's a lot of negative words yeah, it's like kids aren't learning they're behind there's all this negative stuff on yeah. you mm-hmm. and so to find the one marigold under the gloom tree that helps you get through it yeah um and so the one person that when they come into your room it's not like an oh my god I gotta do something else it's a hey let's talk about our day let's talk let's do something Mm -hmm. um and so that really helped because I found mine pretty quickly we're like who's your marigold miss luther next door of my cohort we are um we we've hung out outside of school we've grabbed a coffee or two yeah um, and we've learned how each other worked. And like so she'll text me and be like, I've had a real hard day. And so like the next morning, I'll stop and get us a coffee to sort of bring that back. Like
0: it's still good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> it was a rough day. It is. We've got to, we've gotta have each other's backs.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, McDerry, thank you for talking with me today. I know um you know, you made yourself vulnerable here today and talked about what your process was in your practice and I think it's very relatable for veteran teachers and uh, new teachers alike. So I appreciate you talking with me today. Thank you. All right. I'll see you around school. All right. Bye. Bye. It's hard for teachers to toot their own horns, and I I really had to twist McDaris's arm a little bit to sit down and talk with me, but I think her um, process is something that's really relatable and – worth talking about. The things that she did weren't things you can buy on Teachers Pay Teacher. It's not something she got off Pinterest. She had to build some really basic foundations to the way her classroom ran. And I I think she made herself vulnerable, not only talking to me, but in asking for help and deciding to partner in planning and admitting that uh, she wasn't following through the way she needed to be. I'm so impressed with her. I'm so grateful she talked to me. And I hope it was helpful for you. If you have any ideas for me, my email's linked on this podcast. I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.